0: Okay.
1: Do you have yeah, your. You notice I'm no nonsense? I'm trying to be more no nonsense this morning. Did you notice? No formality. No, I didn't. No, no, you know, like heinous <laughs> laughter. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> now I just. See, I just dug the hole. <laughs> so I'm myself in the You should have just left it. I should have <laughs> left it. <laughs>
0: Today's one thing is privilege. Whether you know it or not, as an agile coach, as a leader, you have privilege. Are you using it or misusing it? Let's find out. Welcome to the MediCast. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. Yes. Today, today we're talking privilege.
1: Well, and I mean, everyone, MediCasters, it's your privilege to be able to listen to Josh and I, (laughs) and that's what we're going to talk about. Yes. It's all about us today. That's right. Well, it usually is. Did I get it right? Yeah. No, that's probably wrong. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I, think I twisted in my head somehow. That's
0: normal. The listeners are used to
1: that. Can you imagine what it's like? Have you ever thought, Josh, what it's like to be inside my head? I try not to. It's a scary place. Yeah. It really, I mean, you should know, like, I'll, we'll be talking about one thing, and then I'll talk about something else, and the Rat Pack will come Never out. Never noticed. And, and then pumpkins. Really? <laughs> Really? Yeah. Do really?
0: <laughs> you do that, Bob?
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. So so the privilege that we're talking about, um, I wanna I wanna give a nod to uh Simon Powers, who's a coach. I don't know him personally, uh, but I, I found it on LinkedIn, I saw a post that he did, and it was called the nine, sort of the nine uh let me get it right. The nine most important skills for an enterprise coach. And his number five was see through your own privilege. Uh, see through it acknowledge it become probably another way to say it is become self-aware of the privilege uh, that we have as as leaders Um, and it really resonated with me because we're talking about um, we're talking about uh, uh, sort of uh, equality and racial equality and things like that and the notion of white privilege and you know i sort of got white privilege but I didn't realize that there's like professional privilege, right? Um, and and Josh, you had a, what's that wonderful example you were talking about? The young man that you had said in the intro when we were talking about it. Like, what does it mean? It would be mean telling someone,
0: yeah. So uh, so let's try and define what we mean by professional privilege, especially as an agile coach, especially as a leader. You have there's a, and this is something that you taught me that I didn't recognize. Um, that there's a, I don't know a better word than weight there, there's a weight that travels with you in a role where you have additional, I, I'm struggling with words, like freedoms to say things more comfortably with less fear that it's going to come back and smack you in the face. So the privilege that we're talking about is as an agile coach, it's not very helpful to say to a junior engineer, hey, like, you should just speak up and go talk to the CTO about something. Like, that's a, number one, they might not know how to do that. Number two, they might not feel comfortable doing that. And number three, maybe that CTO isn't ready for
1: that or isn't in a good spot or ready to be a good coach at that level. Well, when you're reflecting your privilege. Yeah. Because you're comfortable. Yeah. So let's use that example. I'm comfortable speaking. In fact, I don't think anyone is purely, you know, 100% comfortable talking to the CTO or the CEO. Yeah. But I'm so much more comfortable because I have experience and I've done it. Yeah. Or maybe I have a relationship. But then I reflect that privilege on people around me. Mm-hmm. And I talk in terms. And Medicus says, this is sort of, we're defining it uh, and exploring it. But it's being aware of that. And that's actually not fair game. That's not respectful of that person. Maybe it's the Kanban thing of meeting people where they are. So part of privilege awareness, professional, personal privilege awareness is well, one is understanding what you got Mm -hmm. and then meeting and then not and then meeting people where they are, not mirroring that onto other people. I've done that. I've only becoming self-aware of this, mm-hmm. right, lately, mm-hmm. like within the last few years. I've sort of done that for my entire life. Right. Like have these, like these flip, as a coach, these flip conversations. Well, that's not actual. You just need to do this. Right. right. Like I wrote the book on product ownership. Well, well, this is what grooming should look like. Hey, thank thank you. Have a nice day. Right. And I pivot and I walk away. Yep. There's something. Really- and that person is left because I, I have
0: been there where it's like, Uh, okay. Yeah, that sounds good, but like, how do I actually turn that into reality here? Because there's these five things that are working against me that Bob, your book doesn't cover. Yeah. So like, how do I, how do I do that? And that's where a good coach becomes a great coach when they are able to cross that chasm and help that person. Navigate that path to discover their own privilege or to build it to where they have that willingness and capability to go have that safe discussion. Also, you've worked in the opposite direction where you've coached the coaches or leaders to ensure that they foster and create that environment where that is welcome and empowered and an exciting
1: thing. Well, let's, let's, let's stop this. It's not coaching Medicasters. and so Josh said it earlier. It's coaches and leaders. Mm-hmm. Let's look at, let's talk to that community. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not just a coaching thing. It's right. also a leadership thing. It's could be a universal thing. Right. It's like a senior developer talking to a, a college grad who just right. same, same phenomenon is be aware of your professional privilege mm-hmm. and then meeting people maybe where they are, like being, you know, being aware that you have it. Right. Um, is there a humility part? Like, and I'm trying to, I'm being vulnerable here. I think part of. I didn't get that. Could you try again? <laughs> Siri, Siri disagreed with you
0: being vulnerable. She was like, Bob, did you say you were being vulnerable? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and I, did I lose it? Um, I In my head, one of the, the reasons I don't meet people where they are mm-hmm. Is I get a little bit full of myself, and I'm like, mm-hmm. it took me ten freaking years. I'm wondering if you if you validate with this, or maybe mm-hmm. it's just me. Like this is hard earned experience, yeah, right. And damn it, I took the hard road. Mm-hmm. I had to work ten years for this, and I'm not going to share. I have these I have these pearls or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not characterizing it very well, but uh, so I'm not going to give them to you, right? I'm, I'm going to give you a flip response, right? Because oh wow. I want you to earn it, just like I earned it. And I think in this, so it's, I'm a little full of myself. I'm mm-hmm. a little full of my experience. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the right mindset now that I'm th- you know. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. right? It's, yeah. well, no, I mean, there's, there's, there's actually something good about earning it. Yeah. So, but that extreme view, mm-hmm. I was probably being extreme. It's like part of privilege is, is like sharing what you've learned, like not holding back. Right. Like, what do you think? Um, I think my failure in
0: this area is not recognizing it at all. That, okay. yes, there was hard-earned discovery along the way and lots of painful lessons that got me to the point where – and the thing that I come back to is oftentimes a leader or someone like Bob and I are hired to come into a company to drive change. Yeah. So we have this – responsibility slash obligation slash desire slash that's just kind of how we roll to like drive change quickly. And that's what we do. And people expect that from us. Right. And so oftentimes people come into an organization like that in a role like that, trying to drive change when there hasn't been a lot of change before. Yep. So then what you're asking all of these folks to do is like, Hey, you've operated this way for, years five years a decade maybe yep. and now here's this like hard charging person trying to drive change and you turn around and look like hey like why why, why aren't you guys coming along for this change it's like well yeah. because it's this is a totally different style of working yep. than they like chose and that's the thing that helped me when i realized that people chose to work at this organization they interviewed they understood how that company worked and they
1: liked it And they bought into it. And
0: they want to work, and they've been happy working that way for some number of years. And then a leader of some flavor, be it an outside consultant or a new whatever, comes in and is trying to drive change. It's like, hey, like, I didn't, this isn't what I signed up for. Um, I'm not sure I like it. Like, so I'm going to be a little resistant. And then you're
1: asking them to quickly snap into, this is the new way. So, so there's the, is that, that's sort of this meet them where they are again, Mm -hmm. right? maybe that's an underlying aspect of this notion of privilege is is meet meet the organization where it is or meet an individual where they are mm-hmm. and then partner with them so so it's sort of the privilege thing is not telling right but partnering with them almost like you're walking down a path or you know a you know sort of a path mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. and you're arm in arm or side by side walking down which is very different and you're showing them what whatever you discovered or whatever you learned uh, to get to where you're at. You're right. sharing that with them. Yeah. and that's inherently slower.
0: Yes. The, the, the message I always send to teams when I'm driving aggressive change. So, um, storable where I'm at, I moved into a product role in August and are you done yet? No. (laughs) And, and like very quickly, there were some real drastic changes, and there have been consistent changes to the way we operate, the roles, all of these things. But a consistent message that I've sent is that, hey, everybody's going to progress through the change curve differently. Mm -hmm. So honor and respect that. Be aware of it. I, I, I put it up front. And the other thing that I talk about is that is that everybody's path to here is different. The jobs they've worked at, the people they've worked with, the people they've worked for, the organizations that they helped build, everybody's is different. So they're not going to have that same, oh yeah, that's how we did it. No, that's not how they did it. They did it different. So everybody has a different path to now and everybody's adoption of this new change, they're going to progress on the same curve but at a different pace right. and you have to
1: respect that is this is this conversation changing the way you think about your role i know that's a, sort of a challenging again i'm trying to look at that vulnerability aspect but the fa- are the fact that we're talking about this as we're talking about it are you thinking about like modifications because you are a hard char- mm-hmm. you're in this balancing act of yes like i'm a hard charger yeah
0: yeah i i, I am And I've talked to people about this in the past like couple of months, that the biggest struggle that I have is too fast or too slow. Am I going too fast? Am I going too slow? Am I just striking that perfect pace? And there are times where one day I'm like, gosh, I've got it. Like, how have I not gotten us there yet? And then there's times like, man, I have got to slow down. I know I'm driving these folks crazy and trying to always dial it think, in and get it, it just part right of
1: this privilege whether you're you're in a leadership role or if you're in a coaching role mm-hmm. are you like if you're walking that, that metaphor of walking down the path are you walking too fast or too slow yeah because, but you're walking together right
0: but it's hard because as a coach you are going to like i think of some of the best coaches i ever worked with they got me to places i in It sounds corny and cliche, but I never thought I could get there. I never thought I could do that. But they knew I could because they had the privilege of being there or working in the NFL. And they had seen people do that. And they saw saw like, hey, this kid might be able to do that. Let me push him a little bit harder. Let me ask him to do something he doesn't think he can do. And they get me there. So part of that job as a coach is to get them Further than maybe they ever thought, so that that's that real bouncing act that I struggle
1: with. So that metaphor maybe is you're walking a little bit ahead of the person. Yeah, you're still in close proximity where you can have conversations and things like that, and you're partnered. So you're not way ahead. Right. That's really what I was saying. I think earlier when I was when I was saying, you know, I have the experience. I don't want to. I do want to share it, but I want. I don't want folks. One of my biggest concerns. I think this is what I was trying to say is I, I don't want folks to take it for granted. It, you know, like, like if I, if there's a secret that I've learned after five years, I want, I don't want folks to sort of look at that. If it took me five years to figure something out, I take it. It has weight. Yeah. It has import, right? It's like something valuable to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want folks to, to, to treat things flippantly. I want them to, you know, the learning is the learning. Yeah. right? The craft is the craft. Right. There's an apprenticeship and things like that. Mm -hmm. So there's, I, I want folks to, to really sort of fundamental, like see the beauty of a dovetail if you're doing woodwork. Where did that come from? (laughs) I don't know. But, but joinery. Yeah. There's, there's, there's sort of plain joinery and then there's beautiful joinery. You ever see like some beautiful woodworking joinery? Mm-hmm. There's something fundamentally different than that. And so, so to appreciate that, I think if you just give someone a dovetail and say, here's, just do it this way. Right. I don't know if they value the, the beauty of it or the, the sort of the craft of it. So, so I, what I'm trying to get at is that, that distance. We, we need to, part of, I think it is, is imparting what? The philosophy to, mm-hmm like like the philosophy the mindset yeah. it would be part of it i want to come back to to it's it's that self awareness of we've been given the keys to you've been given the keys to the kingdom mm-hmm. so as part of that no matter how you got there we have this fiduciary responsibility mm-hmm. to help people do you buy that that's part of that that like we and i don't know i think that's counterintuitive to many people right it's i don't know if everyone like it's not optional right we have a responsibility to go walk with people to give them a hand uh react i buy that i don't know that every leader
0: out there follows that and the reason i say that is because it's hard yeah <laughs> like your job is hard enough and then you look around at your organization and the people that are on your team and you realize gosh there's there's 30 people that I need to help somehow some way now that's where you probably recognize okay I need help helping these people <laughs> yeah and that and that's like problem number 1 and hiring folks in to help build that but it all gets back to that mindset and can you establish that sharing, coaching, leading mindset, because that's, that's ultimately what I see as the biggest hurdle, the biggest things that hold an organization back that this episode is really about. Someone comes in with privilege and says something to a leader in the company, a CEO, a CXO, a VP, a something, And there have been so many times where I've said something in front of the team, and they've been like, oh, gosh, thank you for saying that. Like, we've been trying to get that person to hear that message for three, five, four, whatever the number is. And they finally heard it. And it's kind of annoying to them because it's like, hey, you said it once. And we've said it like 50 times. They didn't right. listen to us, but you right. said it. And so now it clicked. Right. So there's a little bit of like, thank you. And there's a little bit of like pissed off because right. they've been working for right. so hard. And then you like swing in and say something and like, oh, really? We should do that. Okay, cool. Let's do it. And it was like, well, why why and can that, they say
1: it? And that's an indication of your role that yeah. that's the privilege, right? Yeah. And so it's like reaching out to those folks. And, and being, being aware, reaching out to those folks, uh, in those situations. I, I wrote down something as a note as you were talking, like growing others. Mm -hmm. Part of this is we have this responsibility to grow, to grow others. Mm -hmm. And it's not like you said, 30 people. You, you have, it's not a, I'm not poking a delegation or not, but I'm not you. I don't want to use you, a leader. any leader has this responsibility because of your privilege mm-hmm. to give your privilege to the people that report to you, for example, right? Mm-hmm. If there's 15 people, then you should have a privilege, like, like an experience embarkation plan right. for every person and not just a plan. You, you need to be actively doing that in micro steps every day mm-hmm. and not doing it on, it's, it's a responsibility. It's almost like your number one job priority is 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 privilege recognition before you get into your mbos or whatever right is your responsibility is to share your privilege uh it's and it's extra effort remember we were talking about hiring mm-hmm. hiring people of color mm-hmm. and it's it's a challenge yeah right it's mm-hmm. a, so it's not it's less easy Mm-hmm. That's no excuse. Oh, I don't have them in my network. I don't know very many, right? African American right. people. Yeah. It's really hard for me to connect that way. There's a list of all of these things. Tough. So sort of the, I don't have the time to, to mentor people. Right. Uh, I don't, uh, right. There's too many business priorities.
0: We can't automate the test because we can't the tests automate it. It's sort of like,
1: yeah. you know, bullshit. Yeah. Tough. You have a fiduciary responsibility based on your privilege to share your privilege as a coach or to right. be aware of it. To be aware of it and then to be helping, like helping people up. That's a lot. It's the same thing.
0: Yeah. So I would word it differently. I would say you're not trying to share your privilege. You're trying to grow theirs. Yeah. Right. So you need to establish that there is privilege for them in this role. One of the things that set me back the most in a job, you know, five, six jobs ago, um, there was an engineer who – came to me with a problem and I didn't answer. And I said, well, what do you think we should do? And they were thrown back. It's like, well, nobody's ever asked me that. I'm like, well, I'm asking you that because like, I don't know the answer and you're the one that has the expertise that I don't have. So like, right. I'm going to rely on you. And that was very different than the way things were before. So then it became establishing or growing. that person's privilege as like, hey, you
1: are the expert
0: exactly. here in this organization. But growth, yeah.
1: You're growing them. Yeah it's not even a mentoring. I mean, it is mentoring, but it's sort of situational. Right. Like that's a beautiful example of just like, just based on the conversation, how mm-hmm. you approach a conversation, solving a problem mm-hmm. is part of what we're talking about. Like acknowledging in your head, your privilege. How am I, am, how am I growing that person to see what they're capable of?
0: Right. So I, I, um, I don't know any other way to build a successful organization than to put in that what others might deem as the extra effort to grow others. And the reason I say that is because I know of no other way to grow a scalable organization. Otherwise everything ends up funneling through you because you're the one with the privilege. You're the one that people come to for answers and that I don't want to live in a world (laughs) where I have all of the answers because I did that once and it was terrible. And we slowed down and I was unhappy and nothing worked. And then when I discovered how to establish and grow privilege across the organization, it got down to people that needed to make the decisions could, and they were empowered and capable to make that reality happen as opposed to running it up the chain and then getting an answer. I don't know any other way to do that. So that so that's where I view it as a non-negotiable thing.
1: Yeah, but I'm not disagreeing with what you said. Your experience is limited to a set of companies, Mm -hmm. some some traditional, but mostly entrepreneurial companies. You know, we've talked about how you interview, you'll go in in with shorts, you're checking the culture and things like that. And so you're gravitated to that. I think there's, you know, 90% of the Metacast doesn't have the privilege of that, Right, right? They're in... I you know you're right but what do you do what do you do with this when you're in a non privileged situation Yeah, I got you okay situation okay. right I don't know if we're helping and we may not be able to help those folks right but um it it's you're right but there's not a lot of companies that look at the, the world that way right there's not a lot of leaders I think that look at the world that way they should but but they don't How do we, I, I I just don't know how you can't, right?
0: Now that's again, I I agree with you. The privilege that I've created for myself, I understand that and I respect that because there, there have been multiple people that have walked away from a conversation with me or listening to an episode and went to change the world where that world wasn't ready to be changed and it became demoralizing. And then I end up feeling bad because like, I just encourage you to go do something that, you know, where, where things didn't go well. And things might have actually gotten worse because you tried to create a scenario that is going to be really challenging at IBM. I'm throwing stones at IBM, right? I don't know. At some large corporation that is not ready to make a change.
1: I mean, I think the point of that, at least my takeaway from his article in that point Mm -hmm. was what it, what it, how, it made me realize that I'm lucky. Mm Mm-hmm. It made me realize that I have privilege, hard-earned, arguably long-term, but it, it's privilege nonetheless. And the simple thing for me, I guess the takeaway was, I need to be helping people more, which aligns, when I was thinking about it and writing it, it aligns with our medicast. It mm-hmm. aligns with our Black Lives Matter. It aligns with what we've been talking about for the last quarter or mm-hmm. more, right? Uh, and it's, am I doing enough? Mm-hmm. And the answer that came back was no. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, when I look at myself, I mean, when I started, it was kind of cool. It maybe, maybe a step for Medicasters is to list your, your, make your privilege list. Mm-hmm. When I started making my, with the exclusion of that one comment about Medicast and Josh Anderson, when I started making that list, it's, I started feeling like, God darn it, Bob, you're, you've been lucky. Mm-hmm. Right. You've been lucky and you have, you, you've been given something. And you're not giving back enough mm-hmm. is the way I thought about it. And I'm like, you need to give back more. Right. And and we've been giving back. I, we've been talking about that. Right. But it's not, but it's like not, uh, it, it incented me to do more. Right. And that's really the only reason I wrote it. So I I, I think in companies, I I, I think the, the meta point for me, and I want to see if it resonates with you or if you have another one, mm-hmm. is be aware of your privilege maybe do an accounting of your professional privilege to realize how lucky you are. And all of us have, have stuff to be really thankful for and, and gratitude have gratitude for it. And then flip the bit and say, what can I do to make it easier or to grow other people with that privilege? What do you think?
0: Yeah. I was starting to do that thing where I narrow in on like, what do we give to the listeners to walk away with and do later today or tomorrow? And I do think that exercise of spending five minutes, 10 minutes, and thinking about the privilege you have in your role, in your company, in your life, writing that down, that yes, you can say it, but putting it in black and white will be an eye-opener for you, and it will stare at you. And then what are you going to do with that? that it, that's, the, that's the big – so step one, write it down. Cool. Gotcha. But then step two is like, what are you going to do with it? What I think would be good is think about the people that you work with. Yes. And try and guess at the privilege that they have. Yes. And see where it aligns or doesn't line up with where you're at. And then what effect can you have to grow their privilege? Like Bob's dogs, (laughs) you know, if it's not, if it's not the telephone. Oh, okay. We're going to stop. Oh, okay. Welcome to our diversity and inclusion minutes. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. Oh,
1: silky smooth. Silky smooth.
0: All right. So as a reminder, for those of you that may be tuning in for the first time, Bob and I take a break in the middle of the episode to ask everybody, what are you doing to increase diversity and inclusion? Depending on where I insert this into the episode, we may have started to talk about Diversity and inclusion and the privilege and everything that goes along with that. But we like to hit the pause button and really do two things. One, talk about the things that we're doing in hope that it challenges you. And then two, actually challenge you to go out and make a difference. So, as far as like distinct actions that I've done since the last episode, there's not a lot. But the one thing that did happen is I received a calendar from one of the, uh, organizations that I donated to, I think it was called fair fight. And it was a, it's a sizable calendar and I opened it up and the shocking thing is that every day of the year on that calendar, they have a documented atrocity basically that has happened to diverse groups and looking through 365 days, I'm sure there's more. There are definitely more than 365 horrible things that have happened, but that was a very eye opening and powerful thing for them to send. And I am not shying away from that with my kids. So I am going to find a place to display that prominently in our house um, so that we are constantly reminded to not
1: lose sight. What's well, our privilege? Yeah. It, it aligns with this episode, Josh. It's reminding us not only of the atrocities, but reminding us of the privilege that we have, right. right, in our community. Yep. And uh and what we can do with that. Right. I have nothing for this episode. That's okay. Other than why don't we get back? Because I yep. think we're this really aligns with yep. the minute. All right. Here we go.
0: Bob so Bob's dogs clearly have privilege or want their own podcast.
1: They want to give you (laughs) the results of their privilege. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: But, but I think that's the, that's the next step. And that's really what this is about to, to us is how do you, as a leader with some level of privilege, maybe it's less than you thought, maybe it's more than you thought. How do you grow it? across the organization as a member of your team, as a peer or whatever, so that you're not that jerk that says to somebody, Hey, just do this. And they're like, uh, but I can't, you know, and they're like, yes, you can, you know, and and maybe they can't yet. So how do you help them find that privilege, grow that privilege to where you say that to them and they're like, Oh yeah, cool. Let's go do it.
1: Even even so, all of your baggage, your biases, like my bias of they have to earn it the hard way Mm -hmm. or make mistakes, and all of those are applicable. But how do you take this accounting? You've made a list. You've checked it twice. You've applied it to your role. You're applying it to your team or whatever, if you're a coach or whatever. And now you have the decision of what are you going to do with your privilege. Mm -hmm. And there's actions. There's daily actions. And in the back of your mind, you're doing something Because you have a responsibility to do it. It's it's you've you've been given this these it's almost like a bank account metaphor I think Mm -hmm. of right you build up your bank account now what do you do to give to give contributions to folks around you and how do you actively do it and for a leader. I don't think leaders think this way. They they have a fiduciary responsibility to their employees to to share their privilege and to grow them that way. Maybe you do, Josh, but I don't know if all le- many leaders think it, of it. Not, yeah. not because the company is saying so, not because your job description says so, mm-hmm. but be, because of of what you've been given, done. Right, right? you've been given stuff over time you have this responsibility to share it and grow people, whether you're incented for it or not, whether people will know it or not, whether, Mm -hmm. whether you're getting kudos for it or not, it doesn't matter, right? You have that responsibility. I I think it's because
0: it's hard. Um, And there are times in my job in my, yes, this is at the front of my brain, but there are so many things that end up happening throughout the course of a common week at work where i catch myself i recognize i haven't done enough for this person for this role for this product for this something right and it's like okay how do how do i start to balance that and that's where i land at the spot of i'm not going to be able to do that until i create privilege for the rest of the organization to do all of these things that land on my plate that prevent me from right. giving the privilege that right. needs to be there. So it becomes to this like chicken and egg thing yep. where you have to find ways to generate that privilege for others Absolutely. quickly, rapidly. Otherwise, you're just stuck in the spiral. And, and that's where it's hard is getting out of that death spiral of like i don't know how to solve this problem because everything ends up landing on me because i haven't created or generated or empowered the privilege for the rest of my team to go do stuff how do i do that and it's the catch-22 that can be very difficult to to push through and i
1: i agree uh i want to add maybe so it goes back to it's difficult or Mm -hmm. it's hard Mm -hmm. right and i'm going to say so i don't give a shit right right so so it's hard to build a diverse team Mm -hmm. it's hard for you to require to hire a diverse team Mm -hmm. it's freaking hard Mm -hmm. it's easy for you to hire a non-diverse team Mm -hmm. or easier right Mm -hmm. uh it's not right so what's right hiring a diverse team right it's the right freaking thing to do yep right so hard is an excuse i i get hard yeah It doesn't freaking matter, right? We have to fight through it as coaches, leaders, as people. Mm -hmm. That's why I was generalizing this. As people, we have to fight through this stuff and do what we can do. Right. So I'm not, I am not trying to get someone to, you know, work 18 hour days or something like that. But within the context of what you're doing, it's the right thing to do. There mm-hmm. are no excuses. You have to, we have to each individually figure out how to cut through the excuses and do something. Yep. To share our privilege, to share it, to grow it. Whatever, whatever, whatever term you want to use. Would you, so I'm, I wanted to cut through the hard. Yeah. Did I? Yeah. Was it too aggressive? No,
0: I, no, that, that's, that, that's it. And that's where, that's where you ultimately have to land, is you ultimately have to get to the spot where you accept, yes, this is difficult. Doesn't matter? No. I'm going to find a way to make it happen. It's the right thing to yeah.
1: freaking do. Right. Now, how how much you do is up to you. Mm-hmm. But that you do it, we don't have, I don't know. I What, what the epiphany for me is, I'm really jazzed up about, mm-hmm. so one thing that maybe can go into another Metacast or not, this post... Made me think about women in agile coaching, mm-hmm. and I went to and you know me I have this yeah. weird I have this odd <laughs> I have a lot of oddities so I went to the Scrum Alliance site mm-hmm. and I literally counted right women coaches so uh certified team coaches CTCs and CECs fourteen mm-hmm. uh, percent of the C fourteen percent of the CECs are women. Mm-hmm. And 16% of the CTCs are women. And there's overlapping. Some people have both. Right, uh, I have both. Uh, and that disappointed me. And I was like, what? WTF? Mm-hmm. Right? I, I literally am like WTF. I was figuring 50-50 or something. Right. I've worked with some outstanding women in the Agile community. I'm mm-hmm. like, what the hell is going on with that? I mean, we're Agile for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I have some privilege. I I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, but Mm -hmm. I am going to agitate the waters and take some personal action to reach out to people and say, can I help you? It's not the certs. I'm not triggering on the the letters. I got
0: you. It's a a measurement.
1: It's a measurement. I'm triggering on, we need more women agile coaches. Mm -hmm. What can I do to grow that, grow those folks? What can I actively do? Now, clearly, I'm not going to reach out to 200 people. I don't have the bandwidth for that. But I'm not going to sit on my ass and do nothing. Mm -hmm. Like I want to do. So I'm getting a little bit jazzed up on the professional privilege side of things. Yes. Yep. Gotcha. We done? I think so. So from beautiful downtown, sticking a fork in it, Cary, North Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Bob Gill. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all.